At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. What's up, peeps? We're back. Another podcast. It's going to be another great one for you guys. We're like sitting at 42, 43-ish degrees in the Toronto area. The sun is low and it's absolutely bright right now it's blinding but hey man that's life we're not going to complain about the things we can't control right let's take life by the nuts and make it ours make life yours because if you get up and you start complaining about this and that things you can't even control you're going to be miserable so let's shed all the negativity let's control the things that we can control and let's make it ours. Grab life by the nuts and make it yours. Trust me. Try it. It'll make you happy. You know what I find is awesome about this trade? Well, one, you get to learn a very cool uh, trade in an industry that's very diverse. Two, you work your ass off and you become a man or a woman real damn quick in this trade. All right, it matures you very, very fast, which can be a good thing, right? If you're in your 20s, your early 20s, you don't want to be a kid on the couch playing Madden or NHL or Fortnite in your mom's basement. You want to be growing up and you want to learn and you want to progress in life. Sitting at home in the couch with your buddies playing video games won't progress you through life this trade will right and it helps me to enjoy and appreciate life because i work my ass off i get through the door i'm tired my family my kids run up and give me a hug i crack a cold beer and everything all the frustrations of the day they just disappear it's amazing so working hard allows you to come home and enjoy life outside of work that much more anyway guys we got a podcast today with a guy that does a lot of training he's a very smart guy he works for emerson his name is trevor matthews okay he does a lot of work with copeland and he does a lot of training to help apprentices and even seasoned techs like myself learn learn stuff they didn't know we're going to get into a conversation about the core sense we're going to branch off to other things that kind of intertwines with the core sense and we'll just have a conversation like always on the podcast like two guys at the shop shooting shit about hvac this is the hvac know-it-all podcast i'm your host gary mccready man it's getting late and um my voice is starting to crack but guys this is life. I ain't going to complain about it. Just telling you, my voice is starting to crack. So if it sounds a little weird, um, you know why. Anyway, I wanted to tell you about a couple of tools that I used this week. 
First, the Testo 316-3 came through for me. Phenomenal. Okay, another leak found. I worked on a condenser unit, dead compressor, leaky condenser, 20 PSI in the system. All right, the Testo 316-3 tracked that sucker down, no problem. I used the big blue after, big blue soap, to spray on it for um, extreme verification purposes. Like I always like to do that, leak detector, then soap. But the fact, the fact is, the moral of the story is the 316-3 is a bomb leak detector. It's badass. It really, really is. Now, I'm not bullshitting you. There's a video on YouTube of the whole service call. You guys want to go watch it? Go watch it. And you can see how it pinpointed that leak. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, I was working on a scroll compressor. And it threw me for a loop. We had a rough time with it. We had to pull the gas out a couple times, pull a couple of vacuums, did our decay tests. We had such a tight system that our decay tests were phenomenal. We only went up like five microns during our decay test. And that's because we had vacuum rated hoses. We used nylog on all the fittings. And most of you guys don't know, but Yellow Jacket makes an extremely good vacuum rated core removal tool. Okay, it doesn't have a ball valve. It's got more of like a a needle or a gate valve type type thing where you got to screw it in and screw it out. But trust me, man, the thing is phenomenal. You can tell just by holding it how how well it's built. It's like a solid, solid piece of brass. So anyway, check that out, yellowjacket.com for the vacuum rated core removal tools. So guys, Armstrong... This is not fake, by the way. Some people say, is this for real? Well, yeah, it's for real. They're doing spot Armstrong equipment. So you spot a pump that's constant speed or VFD controlled, you get a $20 gift card to Amazon. Go to armstrongfluidtechnology.com forward slash HVAC know it all and submit the pump info there. And once you do, you get that $20 gift card. Easy, simple. You got five pumps in a building. You got a hundred bucks, simple and plain. Okay. We're, we're going to run this through till the end of October. So you guys got to get on it. All right. Um, field pulse as usual, 14 day free trial. Once it's over guys, it's not that much money to continue. It's not a lot of dollars. It's very affordable. Gets the paper off your desk, paper out of the trucks. If you're a business owner, it's something that you should look into for your business to grow it. To make it better for you and your employees. Um, like, I, like I said on the last podcast or the one before, we're working with Cool Air products now. And I'll tell you why. is because I tested both of the products they sent me over the last um, 10, 10 months or so. And they work, man. They work. AC Smart Seal External. Great truck stock item for unique situations. This is a putty, right? There's also a YouTube video on my channel about it. The putty, you wrap it around, a leak, copper, aluminum, we all know what those aluminum coils are like, and it repairs the leak. You, you need the putty till it's uniform and you wrap it around. You, you got to go through the steps. Okay, you can watch my YouTube video on that, but it works. And I wouldn't tell you it works if I didn't test it myself. All right, the other product is AC Smart Seal Quick Shot. I put it in a 16-year-old condensing unit. 
The system had backup, 100% backup. This unit was going to be replaced if this didn't work. The thing, the thing had a history of leaks every six or seven months. All right, I wanted to try something new, so I talked to the building, the building management. I said I got this product. It comes as labeled as um, non-clogging. It's oil-based, okay, not polymer-based. I put it in. Ten months later, the unit is leak-free. My testo gauges were on that system too. My testo gauges, there is nothing wrong with them. I use them. I use them weekly. All right. So it's oil based. It's non-clogging. Proved that by having the having the stuff in my testo gauges, and it sealed the leak. Okay, but you can't use it on big leaks. It's got to be micro leaks, formicary corrosion, champagne leaks, all those all those fancy names for those little leaks. It's got to be a leak of that type. So moving on to True Tech Tools, always leave them for last because I always want to remind you guys of the 8% discount using promo code KNOWITALL for all their tools except Fluke, FLIR, and Testo. Fluke and FLIR, you got to disregard them. That's just life. Um, Testo, you want preferred pricing? Go to my webpage, hvacknowitall.com forward slash. Um, actually, not forward slash, just hvacknowitall.com. Scroll down to the homepage, True Tech Tools logo. Click on it, answer the questions, boom. Preferred Testo pricing when you sign in to your True Tech Tools account. Now, Testo's having a fall promo, a 320 or 330 combustion analyzer. If you guys are in the market, great analyzers, really, really um, good functionality, really easy to use, really easy to set up. You get a free bore scope, uh, mail in rebate if you purchase one of those analyzers. Now, somebody in my HVAC hub today, posted the fact that he bought a 320 i believe it was and i'm like hey did you get your free bore scope he's like what free bore scope he didn't even know about it so now he does and now he can go through the process of getting his free bore scope because he bought that leak detect uh combustion analyzer sorry it's getting late man my head's all screwed up anyway um so yeah free bore scope um but you have to buy the 320 or the 330 it can't be any other combustion analyzer so get on it, guys. True Tech Tools, 8% off your purchase with promo code KNOWITALL. Okay, guys, I got uh, Trevor Matthews on the phone from Emerson, and we're going to get into a discussion regarding uh, CoreSense. Um, that is a technology that helps to pr protect compressors, correct, Trevor? Yeah, that is, uh, Gary. So before we get into... Um, in depth with the core sense, let's maybe start out with with your background in the trade and how you found your way to Emerson and, and what you're doing over there right now. Oh, great. Yeah, so thanks for having me on the show, Gary. I really started back in about 2003, 2004. I took um, an HVAC program because uh, I wanted to try something different. I knew I liked working my hands, so I took a pre-apprenticeship in HVAC. Um, I did a year course there and got my G2 ticket. And cool. after that, I, I wanted to get into uh, into refrigeration. So I uh, moved out to Western Canada and uh, I started with a company called Gateway, uh, working on supermarket refrigeration. And I got my uh, refrigeration red seal out there. I did that for um, supermarket refrigeration probably for five, six years, quite a while. And then I decided I wanted to get into um, gas fitting again so i started doing some industrial gas fitting uh, out west as well 
And then I made my way back to Ontario and I worked with a company called Mealens uh, Refrigeration, great company. Yep. Uh, back into the supermarket industry. And uh, then I uh, decided that uh, I wanted to try something different. I had some small kids and uh, I seen a posting at Emerson. I said, maybe this be a good chance to try something different. And uh, this was about four years ago. And here I am today on a podcast with you. Well, I'll tell you what. Um... I have a friend that's in refrigeration, supermarket refrigeration. And when he's on call, like for the weekend, he is never home. Like his van is gone the whole weekend. So was that what it was like for you? 100%. Uh, I really liked it and enjoyed it. Uh, it can be a bit stressful, uh, but there is tons of hours, uh, especially in the supermarket side of things. Uh, if there's a store or a rack down, uh, they need that up and working. So yeah, you yeah. do work lots of hours. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's critical stuff. Cause you could have what a few million bucks worth of, of products inside of a, a freezer in a supermarket, right? Exactly. There's a lot of product in a, in a store. So you want to make sure that, uh, you help them out and get that back up and running. So over at, over at Emerson right now, um, I was lucky, luckily enough to do some training with you guys back in February and I really enjoyed it. I had, um, a blast. I thought you guys are very passionate and energetic about what you were doing over there. And you have all kinds of different types of training courses. If you want to just give yourself a plug on what you guys do over there, go like, go ahead by all means. Yeah. Thank you very much, Gary. Yeah. Um, we were glad to have you as well. Um, this year's our, um, our third main a year, uh, on training. I, uh, took training over about a year and a half ago, uh, full time. Uh, so in the last four years, we came from about five major trainings, and this year we're going to do about 37 trainings um, uh, dates. Uh, we do everything from Copeland uh, compressor training, uh, modulation training. We're going to have electronics training this year on different types of controllers and valves, uh, as well as we do industrial training, so like filter uh, compressors, reciprocating, and single screw compressors. Uh, we also do our E2 controller training, so that's more on the supermarket side, uh, as well as this year we'll be doing some Dixel training. Uh, we'll have natural refrigerants coming up, as well as our White Rogers training, more on the, the light commercial residential side. So we have a lot of good training coming up this year. Yeah, you guys have uh, a really yeah, you guys have a really cool facility, and um, thank you. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 pretty awesome. I, I love the the old building that you guys turned into. Uh, your your headquarters and your training facility. It's really awesome that you kind of brought that building back to life. Um, what I was going to ask you was, so for the for the guys that aren't in the Toronto area, because you're in Brantford, Ontario, which is just um, a couple of hours outside of Toronto. What about guys that are in different parts of Canada or the U.S.? Where where can they go to get this type of training? So. Um We'll start with the U.S. We have an educational services team in the U.S. Uh, who travel around the country, um, and they do a lot of dates at different wholesalers. Um, okay. Some of their main trainings are the cost training, so compressor operating and service training. One of the best trainings that we have. Uh, it's a three-day training of actual hands-on teardown of compressors, learning the ins and outs of scrolls, reciprocating compressors. Uh, we also have uh, simulator days, so we'll bring a bunch of different uh, Emerson simulators, so they'll have uh, condensing units and valves and getting guys to troubleshoot and doing labs. 
um, as well as uh, we'll do scroll days uh, there as well. Um, here in Canada, my focus uh, this year, uh, the last two years, I was really building up the training in so, uh, southern Ontario near Brantford. Yep. So I think we're well accomplished there. So my goal this year is to start to spread out. We added um, five trainings in Quebec this year, uh, and I really want to branch out to eastern and western Canada. Uh, I talk to a lot of mechanics all around the country, and uh, it's really hard uh, for a lot of them to get time off to travel. We do have people that travel all over, uh, actually from all over the world now, to come to some of our trainings, but I really want to start to reach uh, the rest of the country. So that's one of my focuses and goals this year is starting to develop um, trainings uh, abroad uh, across Canada. Well, uh, I'm going to tell you right now that for anybody listening that it's worth it to go get training um, from these guys because I'll tell you, I learned a lot of stuff. I've been in the business now for 20 years or just over 20 years. And I learned stuff I didn't even know, um, which was mind blowing to me. It was, it was mind blowing to me because you sit down in a class and you're like, yeah, I know about compressors. And then you, <laughs> you feel stupid after 10 minutes into the class because you're like, Oh man, I didn't know those five things about compressors. So, I mean, it's really good. And if, if, you work for a company that's willing to um, invest in you approach your, your owner, your boss, your service manager and say, listen, I really want to go to some of these courses that Emerson puts on because I'm telling you right now, they're, they're fantastic. So is there a website that guys can go to and see when, when the training dates are available? Yeah, there, there is a website. So it's uh, www.climate.emerson.ca and okay. then you'll have um, a training section there. It'll be in the top bar, so it'll be under HVAC training. Okay. And then I'll have a list of all our courses there. And I actually can send that uh, information to you if you want to send it out to all your listeners uh, for sure because uh, it, it's nice to, uh, to get a chance to even talk and see uh, new uh, customers and mechanics. Uh, so, yeah, I can send that to you. Okay, I can put that into the podcast uh, note, like um, for the podcast description. What about? So that was the .ca. What about? Um, is there a U.S. website for the training? Yeah. Or they? So instead of CA, do .com, and it will be the same thing. Up awesome. In, uh, at, when you get into the the U.S. portal, on the top is going to be uh, there's going to be training support under uh, commercial and residential solutions, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. It's going to have all the trainings across the U.S. Yep. as well as all our online training. So it's a, it's a new website and uh, yeah, it's uh, I'll give you, I'll send you that information as well. So you can put that as well. In the- cool. Cool. I appreciate it. So one question before we get into the, the big topic of course sense, and I know this, this question I'm going to ask a lot of people wonder why, and we can, we can spend two minutes on, we have to spend too long, but this is the story. So my, uh, my neighbor across the street, he's, doing some uh, some landscaping in his backyard. He's building a deck that goes the whole width of his house. And his, okay. condens- his, conde- his condensing unit's in, in the backyard. He wants to move it to the side of the house. And my buddy down the street, who also does refrigeration, we said, yeah, we'll, we'll help you move it. We'll move it for you. So he's like, yeah, let's just pump down the unit. And, and I'm like, well, you know what? I went to that course in February, and I remember hearing that we can't pump down a scroll compressor. <laughs> um, and there's ratios, like compress- compression ratios for – um, up to 10 ton and over 10 ton. Am I, am I correct on this? 
So the, uh, the compression ratios uh, on refrigeration uh, compressor and AC compressors. So okay. the AC compressors is, uh, I, I believe it's uh, 10 to 1. Okay. Over 10 to 1. Sorry, it's 11 to 1. Over 11 to 1. That uh, that differential is too much and it will separate the, it will off balance the floating seal and separate the scrolls. And then we'll just, uh, we'll, just we'll equalize and then we won't be able to pump down, correct? Yeah. Okay. So there is lim limitations in our AE bulletins on depending on the model of compressor, and it will tell you the the, the low limit on it. So yeah, exactly. Cool. So what about for refrigeration compressors? Is that number different? Yes, that is. The, they're a totally different design scroll compressor, and um, the way they're uh, made, uh, they can uh, handle up to I believe it is 24 to one compression ratio oh, okay uh, so it's a lot higher because if you're using like a 404 uh, for low temp you know you're running around 15 psi we'll say or 17 psi and you could have in the summer it could be running at 250 right so you have a way higher compression ratio um, so yeah that's why they're designed differently the, the scroll sets are designed uh, differently as well than yeah the ACs. It, make, it makes sense I got a couple of minus uh, 30 two 32 33 ish um this is degrees celsius walk-in boxes and they pump down into a very very slight vacuum very slight like maybe yeah. like a, maybe like one or two inches of mercury um so yeah that that higher compression ratio for the pump down is needed for those because of that kind of stuff right yes yeah cool so let's let's get into the core sense so the core sense can be found on on any type of compressor or scrolls or what's the deal with that? So a little bit of the background. So uh, CoreSense is um, is really a brand uh, for Copeland. Uh, there's 11 different types of CoreSense and really they're um, electronic protector uh, for compressors. Um, what they do is to help protect the, uh, a compressor from hopefully uh, protect from failing. Um, uh, we have them on scrolls and semis, uh, and really, they do a lot of different things. Scrolls uh, and reciprocating compressors work differently, so algorithms that are built into these core sense protectors uh, are a little bit different uh, for them. The main purpose of them, and they're really electronics on compressors are not new. Um, mm -hmm. Some of these core sense have been out over 10 years. Uh, the funny thing is, is like you were talking about earlier, you come into some of our compressor courses and you feel like you didn't know too much. Uh, I felt the same way when I came into Emerson four years ago. Like after learning about all these different products, uh, I'm like, wow, uh, I feel like I'm brand new to the industry. Uh, and this is really why I want to try to bring some of this to you and, and uh, some of your listeners. Uh, the big thing about electronics and what we're trying to do is help the mechanics out. Uh, to help them uh, reduce their troubleshooting time. And, and with the core sense, uh, what they really do is like they analyze what's going on in the compressor, either through voltage, currents, temperatures, pressures, um, depending on the, the core sense uh, and the compressor. And they use algorithms to take all these different um, signatures uh, and map it out over time um, and temperatures to see that if the compressor is staying inside its envelope to make sure it's uh, running into its specification. Really, that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
So there are like the ones that I've seen, there's actually sensors that go deep into the compressor body and then the core sense actually plugs in. Um, maybe I'm saying that wrong. I don't know if it plugs into the actual um, the pin sticking out or if the wires come out and you plug them into the core sense. Is, yeah, that the, so, is that the right way to yeah, say that? So okay. that would be our, yeah. So on our, our scroll, so I, I believe this would be our AC uh, core sense communications. They're on our 20 to 40 ton uh, AC scrolls. And yeah, they have uh, little three pins on them and those sensors go down into the winding. So uh, it'll check out the, uh, the PTCs that are in there to make sure that the, uh, the range is the correct range. And what will happen is the core sense will monitor those sensors inside the compressor. And if they get outside the rain, uh, range, it will alert. And if it happens so many times, you know, say within a half an hour, depending on how you set it up, it will lock out the compressor to protect it to say, hey, there's something wrong with the system. Let's check, uh, let's check out what's going on. And the newer core sensors actually have LED lights that blink and tell you what has happened, right? Exactly. So uh, the main ones that uh, your listeners are going to see in the field will be most likely core sense protection, which will be on all our 3D, 4D, and 6D uh, semi-hermetic compressors. Um, they are the predecessor of the Centronic. So we had Centronic, Centronic 3, and then we went to CoreSense uh, version 1 and now the main CoreSense brand. Uh, really what that does, it, uh, it does the, your oil monitoring like the Centronic used to do. It okay. does your discharge, discharge temperature protection um, as well as uh, overheat protection. It will do communication. It does uh, current sensors, so it'll sense the current to see if the compressor is running uh, and how long it's running, as well as a motor protector trip. So, like, a lot of different features inside this. A lot of guys asked me, and I had one guy yesterday, I was doing a training at the JTIC in uh, Brampton uh, with a bunch of their advanced students, and uh, they, were, they asked me, one of the guys asked me, is like, can I just put a Centronic on instead of Core Sense Protector because it's just an oil protector control? And, and then I explained it to him. It's more than just an oil oil pressure control, right? It does the temperature probe and the current sensing and communication as well. You can uh, hook this up to your, uh, say, your refrigeration system if you use an EQ controller. Okay. Uh, as well as a building automation system. I have some uh, contractors that I actually put the, the Modbus map into their uh, building management uh, system, and they can read that remotely what's going on with the compressor, which That's, is pretty cool. Yeah, that, that is very cool. It, it, it's cool that we're getting to the point where we can, <laughs> we can troubleshoot things in our bed <laughs> with, yeah. our, with, with our, with our laptops. We don't have to go to site anymore. We can get on the laptop <laughs> and sit there for a couple hours and troubleshoot things and then come up with a diagnosis and poss <laughs> possibly bring parts with us. You know what I mean? Before we get to the yeah. job site. So can we touch on discharge temperature for a minute? Because um, like, I don't know, like every compressor, obviously, and every, with every refrigerant and every application may have a discharge temperature that it, it can see before, hey, this is a problem. So in the industry for a, the longest time, um, discharge temperature, 225 degrees was always like the rule of thumb. If we're approaching that or getting close to that, then we got a problem, right? So when, do, when, do the core, when does the core sense say, hey, this discharge temp is getting too hot for me? So for the, the core sense protection, 
which is on our semi-hermetic compressors, you can actually change that if you want. Okay. I think okay. the default, yeah, the default setting is 310, but that is a temperature inside the head of the compressor. So yeah, that's, that's, discharge yeah. Gas. yeah, that's different it's, than the actual line itself. Yeah. Exactly. So Copeland, our standard is still uh, 225, six inches from the discharge. And I really talked to a lot of the mechanics and apprentices out there to say, listen, this is a ma uh, major uh, check in every compressor you would do. Uh, you do uh, check your discharge temperature. Um, but with the core sense, it has the sensor right in the head, so it's a little bit higher. So what it'll do, it'll trip out at 310. Um, it will cut back in, uh, I believe it's 267. But you yep. can reduce that down, uh, say, to 275 trip out if you want. So it is adjustable inside the inside the controller. Yeah, I, I like that number of 310 because from what I read um, from many different articles and, and stuff that I've read, mineral oil will start to break down at 350. It'll lose its uh, like uh, lubrication film, and it will start to like deteriorate exactly. at around 350 yeah. degrees. So that 310 number is, is a good number because we're 40 degrees away from that starting to happen. Now, I, I also read um, that POE is a bit different. It can actually withstand a bit higher temperatures. Uh, four, yes, four, 400 is, is the general term that, that I see. So if we're using a POE oil, can we go a little bit higher than 310? You probably could, but you want to be uh, safe about it. When you start getting hotter than that, it could uh, cause other issues potentially, yeah. um, right? Because you're starting to heat up uh, the whole crank, the whole body, the head is getting hotter. Uh, so I think through all our testing in our labs, we we found that that was the the magic number for us to set for us for it. So that's the highest it it will go in it in it. So you can't crank. I don't believe you can crank it up to say 350 if you want it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, 310, I believe, is the maximum it will go. Okay, why well, we say two, uh, 225, 6 inches from the discharge? Because that's 6 inches. It could be about 50 to 75 degrees hotter inside the head yep. of uh, the compressor. So, yep. just to oh, let yeah, that, know. That, that's exactly in line from, from the research I've done on, on this type of thing. And, and I think that more guys, more techs, girls and guys i always say guys is just a terminology i use but so yeah. many female techs are getting into the field now which is yeah, really good. yeah so i think that checking discharge temperature is a really good way to start your troubleshooting is, oh, do, yes. you, do you agree with that 100 percent. yeah yeah yes, and, the, and then the core sense will um like if you if you have it hooked up to a bas or if you just bring your laptop up to the thing you can hook it up to it right Somehow, yeah, some way. You, you, yeah, you can hook it up. It is a RS-485 connection or Modbus connection. You need an RS-485 to USB cable. You can find them really anywhere. We do sell them, but you can buy them online. Uh, you can connect it into your computer. We do have a software uh, for your computer. You can download free from our website, uh, the www.climate.emerson.com. It will be under our OPI section under software downloads. Uh, but yeah, it's free download. You plug it into your computer, you plug it into the core sense, you open the software and you press search and it finds it. And then it'll tell you 
what uh, what voltage your controller is running at. It'll tell you what your temperature is, how many times the compressor started and stopped, how many run hours that compressor has been running, any trips or warnings it has, it tells you. It breaks it into a beautiful spreadsheet, so you can give this actually to your customer after you do a maintenance or something, and you can say, your, your, you know, your unit had a few uh, high temperature alarms. Uh, I went out and checked your condenser and your condenser is dirty, for an example, like uh, you're going to need a condenser uh, cleaning, for an example, and then here's the proof of it, you know, from the core sense. So it's good for recording as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I love how the industry is going towards this, like, cover your ass style um, spreadsheets and emails and L like all this digital stuff. That that's what the, these these guys that are that are that are older um, and they're maybe in their 40s, 50s, 60s. They're very very hesitant to go into the future, but when they go into the future and then they try it, most of them love it, right? Yeah. And, and this is one of the reasons why. Cover your ass because guess what? If you all that information that you just told me, if you got your laptop hooked up to it, why can't you just? throw that into an email and send it to your customer. Now your ass is covered. Now that you tell them, hey, this needs to be done, that needs to be done, if they don't do it and the, and the, and the unit breaks down, guess what? <laughs> you, you just send them back that email and see, this is, what I this is why I told you it had to be done because of all these reasons. Yeah, right? exactly. I've seen that a lot in the supermarket uh, industry because uh, store managers would go in and press, if the compressor wasn't running, go press all the Centronics, right? Yeah. Because uh, there was a reset button right on the front. Uh, this one, these ones do have a reset button on it, but if someone goes and press the reset and you're the guy that maintains that store, you can tell somebody was in there uh, resetting the, the compressor to start it back up, right? Oh, really? Or turning turning compressors on. If, uh, say, a core, uh, core sense communication locks out, that doesn't reset unless you kill the power to the system. So literally someone has to go in there, shut down the system, turn it back on. Uh, and it records all that stuff. So it kind of can track how that system's been running as well, well, the compressor anyway. Uh, so it gives you some uh, tips when you're troubleshooting. Yeah, that was my next question. Can we, can we, how far can we trend back on, on using the CoreSense? So the CoreSense will do the last eight days, and then okay. we'll have a, a cumulative total. So it will total up, uh, if it was running for five years, it will have a cumulative total, but it will tell you the last eight days as well as the last 10 alarms in sequence, right? So uh, so we'll keep all that information on there. And the, how you would decipher it, it will tell you, um, you would look at the compressor, for example, and say it ran for 1,500 hours. It will say last trip was at 1,435 hours, right? So mm -hmm. if, if you're on a BAS system now, it'll do it on the time. That's right? cool. It'll keep it on the time. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. So, so let me ask you this, though. So we have a core sense on a compressor, but let's say we, we have the, the thermistors that go deep down inside into the windings to, to, um, to take the temperature of those windings. What happens if those windings fail? Okay. So, yep. Go on, go on, sorry. Yeah, so if uh, the thermistors trip, uh, what you're going to want to do is let the compressor cool down, and then you're going to want to look at the specs, um, depending on the model of compressor, and it's going to tell you, if you need to be under 4,500 ohms or above 2,700 ohms, depending on the, the thermistors in there. Uh, this will actually tell you um, on, usually on the cover of the CoreSense or in the CoreSense manual itself uh, the troubleshooting for it. 
as well as the app. There is an app that I didn't mention to you for the core sense. It's called HVAC Fault Finder. So yep. if any of you guys come across the core sense, I suggest them downloading that app. And if it has one uh, red flash, we'll say, and for the core sense communication, that means uh, motor high temperature trip. Yeah. They can go in and look at the flash and not have to hook up a computer. Uh, and they, they can read what the issue is and what to check step by step. Mm-hmm. And from there, they can put in, um, if the compressor's not starting, they can put in the sequence of what's going on. So did the compressor start? Yes. Did the compressor, were the uh, compressor amps high? Yes. Did the compressor trip on uh, locked rotor? Yes, or tripped on high amps, all right? And I'll go through a sequence to tell you, replace the compressor or do not replace the compressor look at these controls look at your wiring so it's it's a, a pretty good app that works hand in hand with the core sense Modules. so so l- let me ask you this on top of that let's say the thermistor has a catastrophic failure but the compressor itself is fine so you're you're the the core sense is going to be getting a bad reading maybe thinking that the compressor windings are too hot but it's actually the thermistor that's failed is there anything that you can do about that no, so on on our semis, uh, and if you look in the AE bulletin, there is you can add a resistor in if you lose one of the thermistors. Okay. Um, uh, but you'll have to look through our AE bulletin uh, for our semis, and it will tell you exactly how to do it and what uh, type of resistor you can use. Okay. On our scrolls, I don't believe you can, and that's something that I don't know exactly to be honest with you, Gary. But uh, that's an answer that I can look at. To our engineers and ask this, this question for them. There is. Um, I'm going to tell you a story about this. Is going back like when I was, geez, maybe third or fourth year apprentice. I was working on this ancient carrier condensing unit. This it was a pretty big unit. It was probably like a 20 or 30 ton condensing unit, and it was a semi-hermetic compressor. And the windings were fine in the compressor, but the motor protector, like an old school motor protector, I don't even remember yep. how this thing was, was, was in there, but the, the thermistors that were going into the compressor had failed. So the motor protector was tripping constantly all the time, all the time. So my boss at the time, he's like, okay, go, go um, to the supplier and get a resettable, like A19, like a high limit with a bulb on it, tape, tape okay. it around or strap it around the discharge line and set it to 225 and I'm like I'm I didn't know really know what I was doing back then I was like I just did it but now what I think about it now I'm like that that's that was superior knowledge he had he knew that 225 on the discharge line was where we want to yep. cut off and he's like put this mechanical control on and because that thermistor had failed and when we get to 225 we're going to trip and someone's got to manually reset that to get it back up and running and that compressor ran for another two summers until those rooftop till the the condensing units were replaced uh with actual packaged rooftops so there's there's a story for you that's brilliant you know and that's uh, that's what i really like uh when i do my trainings i have a a diverse uh, amount of guys in there i i believe i learn more from from the guys coming into the training than i can offer them uh and i love stories like that like that uh i like seeing that in the field guys coming up with some uh great uh, innovative ways to uh, keep the system running um, until you either can get a new one and, and or uh, replace it right yes so that's one of my pet peeves when I'm on I've been on social media now doing this 
thing for a couple of years. And one of my biggest pet peeves is when guys say, just replace the system, just replace. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just, yeah. just the customer doesn't just have thousands of dollars to throw at you. Um, it could be commercial. It could be resi. Um, it costs money to replace either or um, there's also logistics involved. There's lead times, there's um, scheduling. You know what I mean? There's all of this involved and guys just replace the system. Well, sometimes you have to think outside the box, right? You need, and this is my new thing. Now you need every good tech needs a bag of tricks. All right. In that bag of tricks, maybe, maybe that one trick in your bag will work for this application. Maybe it won't. Maybe you have to go into your bag and get another trick to use for that application. But if you carry around a bag of tricks, then eventually one of those tricks will work in every application you get to, but you need the knowledge. You need the knowledge, right? To, to, to be able to do that. And you need to test things to know that they work in certain applications in order, in order to apply them to, to the problems you're having. So exactly. You, I, I just want to really, throw that in there. I, I really like that because uh, you really need to try stuff. Um, and what I see out there, the good mechanics that are getting better, uh, and you see them growing in their, their experiences, they think outside the box, they try stuff. It's not, um, well, okay, it's, it's broken. Um, but let's try something. If it's not going to start or if it's not going to get going again, at least you tried everything to get that system going for your customer. Yeah. And if, so you, if you fail, you have to replace it. Yeah. And if you fail, you fail, but you, I, I don't, I don't consider failure failure because you either, you either do it and it works or you, or you fail and you learn. Right. Exactly. So you, you want to try. And that's what I talk when I do a lot of, I do a lot of talk to schools and apprentice uh, apprentices. And I tell them you want, you want to try, you know, you're not going to learn if you don't try something. Right. So um, at, at the end of it, if the unit's not going to run anyway, you, if you tried your best, and you tried a bunch of different things to get it running, I think that's more successful than just replacing a system every yeah. time you have something not working. Yeah, and if you can provide a solution for your customer, because let's say it's 30 degrees outside or 100 degrees, because i got to remember that there's U.S. and Canadians listening. Let's say it's 100 degrees outside, right? Everybody's sweltering, and the unit's down. The customer at that point in time, um, if you can create a solution for your customer at that point in time to get them going until a replacement can be done or until you can get the right part, they are going to love you and they're going to trust you and they're going to keep coming back to you because you can provide solutions when they have issues. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that, it's all about, it's all about value and, and how you treat a customer and the solutions that you provide for them when shit hits the fan. Like that's, that's just it. The customer pays the bill, right? That, that's, yeah, who's paying, exactly. that's who's paying the invoice. So, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there's things that you have to, sometimes you have to stray from the, the correct way or how you've been taught. You have to stray from that sometimes, like you're saying, in order to try things and learn new things. And that's how new, new, um, new units are brought out with different ways of charging them um, because people try different things and they learn as they go. So yeah, anyway, exactly. I, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you too long, Trevor. It's, it's been a great conversation and uh, it's getting late. So I appreciate great. you getting, getting onto the podcast and thank cold, you cold. so much. I, yeah, man. I really enjoyed it. And 
hopefully we can do this again. I will send you, uh, I'll shoot you an email with some of these, uh, with some of the uh, websites. Uh, so your listeners can download some of the softwares as well as the app. They can go to either uh, Apple or to the Play Store and download HVAC Fault Finder. Uh, if they come across any core sense and it will have all of them in there uh, when they're troubleshooting. So the what the other app, you guys have a couple apps on there. The other app where you can actually scan um, the code on the compressor and pull up the info, what's that one called again? Oh, Copeland Mobile. That's, that's my favorite app. Uh, it, it's, it's one of the best uh, apps out there for me, for sure. I use it every day. Um, you can uh, literally scan the serial number of the compressor. It will give you all the information uh, where the compressor was built, um, what capacity it is, what the nomenclature means. It will give you all the parts, uh, the part numbers. So if you you're on a roof and it's a single phase compressor and you need a, a start cap, mm -hmm. you can just look at press the start cap under electrical feature and it will tell you the part number when you call your distributor or your wholesaler do you have this part in stock and they can say yes or no it also has where to buy too a feature where it geographically locates where you're at and it'll put the postal code or the zip code in if you're in the u.s and it'll tell you the closest wholesaler distributor to get that compressor as uh, as quick as you can for your wow. customer right that's, that's phenomenal that really is cool Okay, man. Um, like I said, I appreciate it. You know, you know what I was going to say, though, before I get off the phone with you? Every single unit I come across nowadays has a Copeland compressor in it. So you guys are doing something <laughs> something ex awesome. extremely right over there at Copeland <laughs> or at Emerson. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Like, um, I use Copeland a lot. Like, our, our main co corporation is called Emerson, but yep. Copeland is my main brand. That's what I, I live and breathe, uh, as that's what I started seeing in, when I started as an apprentice and I continue to see it. Uh, I'm glad that you see them out there. I know our engineers are trying really hard to develop new technologies for compressors, modulations, variable speeds, digital compressors. Hopefully we can have another podcast and we can talk about some of these other technologies that we're yeah. coming out with. Yeah, I would love to because you guys you guys keep um you keep changing the landscape with, with all this new technology that's coming out. So we have to keep up with it. Uh, so maybe in a couple of months we can have you back on and do something with uh, digital scrolls or, or something new that's coming out. That that would be really cool. That's amazing. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Trevor, you have a great night. Thank you very much for uh, getting onto the podcast and we'll Thank talk you to you soon. We'll talk, we'll talk to you soon, man. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Have a good night. See you later. Okay. Bye-bye. So it really blows my mind how passionate Emerson is about training and continued education. When I did that course back in February, man, it blew me away. It really, really did. And, and Trevor was very geared up about sharing info, geared up about training, geared up about continued education. They're increasing training all over North America, and that's for a reason, because they want you and I to be better at our jobs. You go to a training course, you learn a lot. Trust me, I learned a lot. It was a compressor failure course that I did. I learned tons. So if they're in town, or if you can make it out to one of their courses, I highly suggest it, and I highly recommend it, because you're going to have a lot of fun. And you're going to learn a lot. And you're probably going to get a, a free lunch out of it, right, Trevor? Free lunch at Emerson? So, I hope
hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Uh, Trevor, you're welcome back anytime. We got to talk about some some new stuff. I'd love I'd love to talk about digital scrolls. Love it, love it, love it. Because um, one threw me for a loop the other week there. Anyway, you guys have a great day. Happy HVACing.